Are you tied to this name, Vijay, the Chanite? No, I'm not. I was thinking if the Catholics have the Pope, then the Nunites yes. have the Nope. Last week's One Weird Thought, where uh, you led us through a discussion about uh, marriage realms. And uh, i got to say that my marriage is still ticking along A-OK. Thank you. Oh, that's good. Does that mean Kirti did not read the blog post and subsequently listen to the podcast episode? Yeah, you know, it, um, it's funny you bring that up. I, she has not listened to it. And I've been kind of hinting to her that she should listen to it because I say some nice things, you know. Funnily enough, we had, we, we had an argument and I was like, gosh, if only you listen to to the podcast you know or, or read the substack article i bet that went over really well I'm trying to convince your wife to listen to a podcast to resolve an argument i think that yeah be, she, if you would only listen to the podcast yeah yeah we do we you know yes i'm not sure that would have worked out so well so but uh this week uh i have a uh, weird thought for you yeah shoot i've already read it yes and it's a weird yes. one it is a weird one, right? And so I guess it's time that we uh, introduced our listeners to this week's weird thought. And this week's weird thought is religion's not working very well, right? It's it's missing the mark for about 1.1 billion people, right? There are 1.1 billion people uh, in the world today who've chosen to opt out. They're not even looking for a religion, let alone, you know, being part of one. They, they just don't... Um, Feel like they need it uh, uh, in their lives, and and according to uh, Pew Research, um, it's not working because it's overly concerned with money, power, rules, and uh, politics. And so I, I started kind of exploring this a bit, right? And one of the things I found myself asking is, you know, I tend to look at things through like a product manager lens, right? And I said, well, what's the value prop of of religion supposed to be, right? What's the value proposition? You know, if it was a product, right, what is it that it's trying to sell? You just stripped it down to its bare bones. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a business, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, so it's got, it's got these uh, features, right? Uh, so if you're in the religion industry, right, there are some table stakes features that you must have, right? Um, yeah. You've got to offer people uh, a purpose uh, in their lives. You've got to be a source of uh, moral guidance, and you've got to be a source of comfort and you've got to make people feel like it's going to be okay. Like, you know, even once they die, it's going to be okay mm. as long as they follow the rules. So that's, that's what I want to discuss with you today. Yeah, it's a big question. Honestly, religion has not received a blank slate disruption of the religious industry in a of long the religious time. industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you, here's, how, here's what I would say. I would say, you know, Karen, we, uh, you know, we've worked in the PC bin, uh, business before and, you know, within the PC business, right, there are competitors, right? And so, um, you know, you've got your Dells and your Lenovo's all fighting it out or really trying to sell you the same product, right, with a, with a, with a different label on it. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, right they, they all have the same value proposition, right? And what I'm proposing is that it's time for 
the advent of smartphones to happen. Yeah, you're you're advocating a shift to mobile. Yes, I'm advocating, right? And you know, as as somebody who was in the laptop business at a time when smartphones were really starting to take off, we were petrified, right? Because all of a sudden, all these things that used to happen on a laptop, they were just better uh, on on a smartphone. Yeah, and my proposal is that it's time for us, you and I, to displace traditional religions with the equivalent of smartphones for religion. I'll be honest with you. It's It's been a personal dream of mine to start my own religion slash be the spiritual leader of an existing religion. And I think that could be cool. Unfor- but when you start a whole new religion, right, don't you feel like we miss out on all the history you get to take advantage of if you were to just co-opt an existing religion. Did you kind of oh. look at look at that angle as well, co-opting an existing religion? A co-opting? You know, I didn't think about that. But I think the problem is like their architectures are such that they don't lend themselves well to change. It's like, you know, you've got this piece of hardware and you've got some firmware and you don't have any internet connect- connectivity, so you can't update it. Well, they're power hungry when what you really need is... Uh, yeah, you need something lean. Yeah, mm. and um, what what I'm proposing is something that has, you know, effectively, uh, it's always up to date. It's a SaaS religion, right? So religion. It's, it's, it's religion, religion as a service. Religion for the SaaS world. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, so so what that means for, for our non-technical listeners, right, like, is... Uh, you know, there was an evolution, you know, many years ago, right? Many years ago, we used to buy things like um, Office and it used to come in a box with a shrink wrap on it. One day, right, there was an evolution and people were like, why don't we just not do that anymore? And why don't we just run the software in the cloud? And then you have these clients that are able to access these computes in the cloud. And one of the benefits of that was when it came time to update that software, it would always be up to date. And I think with our religion, we can do the same thing. It can be always up to date, right? It can, um, right, as things change, right? It can, it can evolve, right? So, for example, let, let's let's take a situation where imagine that you know most religions, right? Uh, I, I can't think of any off the top of the head where they're cool with suicide, right? Suicide is not nice, right? They leave it at suicide bad. Don't do suicide, right? But. You don't, I thought Buddhists were okay with suicide. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I mean, for a, maybe that's like for a cause. I thought the biggest act of protest for a Buddhist oh, monk is to self-immolate. Oh, actually, actually, you know what? You, you shot holes in my, uh, damn it. Right. So, so, um, yeah, in fact, wasn't the story of Buddha, uh, like letting this tiger cub eating, eat him for sustenance. Oh, really? I don't know yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, oh my gosh. So I'm going to have a problem now, but I'm going to run with it because I've just spent run time with it. Yeah, I've spent time with the analogy. I'm really enamored with the analogy. Okay, so here okay. goes the analogy. Assume all religions except Buddhism, not cool with suicide, right? Um, imagine, right, there's a baby railway track, you, right? And you're okay. like, listen, I'm going to push this baby out of the way. In order for me to do that, I'm now going to have to sacrifice myself. And the act of saving the baby's life will be suicidal for me, right? So now, right, you say, okay, standard religions, right? Like this are, this is a bad idea. In our religions, because we've had some time to think about it, right? We go, you know what? We're okay with that. 
But better still, better still is imagine our religion in 200 years' time. They revisit the same question and they come to the conclusion, actually, because medical care is so advanced right now, if the baby gets run over by the by a train, not the end of the world. Create a new baby. So uh, we can we can same just baby. repair. Yeah, we can yeah. repair the baby. So let the train run her over. Uh, when it's done, oh. pick up the baby, take the baby to the hospital. You're all good. So therefore, you don't need to commit suicide anymore. That's true. Because if you did, then the baby can't carry you. I love right. It. Yeah. That's yeah. See. Very practical religious advice. Before kind of introducing our new religion. I'm hoping you join me in this. I want to kind of explore existing religions and, and some of the challenges right, that they face. Yeah, and I, I don't have qualms in joining multiple religions. I, unlike many people, don't yeah, have a... They, a all, they all have coexistence issues, right? Like, um, eh, I really like believe Hinduism doesn't really have... I mean, Hinduism has an identity problem. Like, no one really knows if they're yeah. slash what they are and what... Like, it, it's hard to put it in a box from what I've seen. But yeah, I feel I mean, like Hinduism can coexist. Actually, Hinduism is pretty good at it. But the problem is, like, who's it coexisting with and will they give you permission to coexist with them, right? So, like, for example, you have, like, Jews for Jesus, right? Those guys have always been a bit weird. Never made sense. I have not right? heard of this. Um, there are Jews for Jesus? Right? There are Jews for Jesus, right? And so <laughs> it kind of seems like an oxymoron. I don't know, man. I, it just doesn't. It just doesn't add up. Right. And um, like it's apostasy, right, for, for a Muslim to kind of like do anything like that. That's not going to work very well. Generally speaking, I believe they have a coexistence issue. I think you're right. And in fact, if you look at if you look at the Substack and the FAQs, like one of the things I say is that in hopefully our religion, right, that uh, we're cool with it. We're cool you know? with coexistence. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We're, you know, super chilled out about these things. So, so looking, you know, I did a, you know, not particularly extensive survey of, of the world's major religions, right? I kind of, some of the problems I found were, one, like you couldn't just pick and choose the bits that you that you wanted to choose. Two, like some of the things I said were not nice, right? Like I kind of did this one example from Christianity where it told you, right, the moral way to to treat your slaves and, you know, or servants, right, depending on how you do the translation, Right. And, you know, according to that, it was a okay to to beat them, you know, so long as you don't beat them to death. Or at least if you beat them to death, they need to at least last a couple of days before they die. My God. Right. Uh, Otherwise, you would uh, face punishment. And I don't see how anybody believes that's okay. Right. True. But this is only if if you take it the literal way, which... Most reasonable people do not literally read the religious textbooks, right? They're supposed to be an instruction manual. I don't. Right, the, I don't know. I feel like that is. I, I don't think they say, "Hey, take what we're saying with a pinch of salt here," you know, and please go ahead and have a go at interpreting it, right? Like they were quite prescriptive. Like, it's like what it said was like, "Do this, man." They were right. Like, I, I'll tell right? you, I, I feel like the people who wrote that wanted to be prescriptive. But there's yeah. just a, a certain thing that happens for any, you know, human system when you go past a couple, even if you go past six months, dude, like, you know, a spec you write, a PM spec, yeah. it yes. rarely gets implemented the correct way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This is 2,000 years later. This is a 2,000-year-old right? you know, right? spec. 
right? it's not going to be implemented the way it was intended and for good right. reason. Right. But then how does that PM feel when he looks at that situation? Yeah. That PM doesn't say, well, of course it's going to change and, you know, it's, it's going to, right? The PM is still going to be a bit miffed. And in this instance... Those PMs are dead. <laughs> right. Well, see, but the, the chief product officer, God, That's still true. lives on. That's a good point. Right. And God is like, look, I have shared my vision with my PMs. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold written... up, hold up. Isn't God the board in, in this analogy? Oh, maybe uh, God's analogy? the board. God's the board. His, his CEO is the Pope or the major religious head. Or maybe like they're the product officers. We don't but really wait, know the you... will of the board. Like, I, I don't know about you, but every company I've worked for, I had no idea who the, who the board was. I didn't know who was on the board. I didn't know their will. Maybe the CEO is the Pope. Yeah. Right. Okay. So CEO is the Pope, right? CEO so he's Pope. like, listen, I've spoken to the board, right? The board has told me clearly what they want, right? And I'm going to now lay it out for my product managers who will go write this down really carefully and explain to you with complete clarity how I want you guys to live your lives. And the net result is everybody's kind of confused. And pissed off at right? each other. They're, they're pissed yeah, off at and they the fight. They fight, they fight a lot. Even within the same religion, they're killing each other. They're so stupid. Oh. Right? Like, and so um, let alone fighting across religious boundaries. My God. They're beating the hell out of each other. And they don't know why they're doing half of these things, like these rules. Like I give this example about um, uh, circumcision, right, like in the substack. And, I did not know that. I genuinely yeah, they, did they not know don't that they know don't why. know the reason. Yeah. What they do know is that this is a really good thing to do. Why? They don't know. And they're like, this is good enough for me. Snip. Right? And so... um, It does feel like all the the medical community, like all the studies, I don't know why I was looking into circumcision as well. Like, oh, it was because when we had our kid, we were thinking, we were discussing whether to... If we had a boy... Would be circumcised. Okay, it was, that's a really important clarification because I was like, you know, because female we did have a girl, mutilation. So we have to, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a whole different yeah. ballgame. Yes, ball yes, game. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, I found all the medical articles were, were from the 60s when, and they were written by like devout Catholics or Jewish doctors. And it was, yeah. it, it was suspect. It was, it was definitely uh, problematic. But okay, so, how, how does, I just didn't get how nonism solves the a la carte issue right like if, if oh you've, ever... you've introduced our religion wait we have to have a moment here oh right so yes so um so this new religion is a really strong word for, for this thing right uh because it includes um agnostics and atheists right and it just gives them a vehicle right it gives them a vehicle to go seek counseling right, to, to maybe explore for a moral purpose, right, seek moral guidance, seek comfort, right, all the things that, that uh, religion is supposed to do for you, right, this new thing called nunism, right, for people who don't believe in any of the existing religions, right, is, uh, is supposed to solve. Before I dive too deeply into it, right, uh, I want to point out a couple of challenges, right, with the things that religion is supposed to do and how well they do it. Right. So when we think about purpose, right, like um, the, it seems like you're supposed to go do something, you're supposed to do it extremely well so that 
it uh, results in going to heaven, right, and having this eternally blissful uh, afterlife, right? So you're supposed to be able to lean into your scriptures and somehow glean from them a purpose for your life. For example, I have a, have a friend, a couple, really nice uh, couple, really good friends who their book told them that they needed to move to San Diego. And so they did. And they were extremely happy when they got there. Right? But that's, that's what they leaned into. Wow. To go make a, a, a life decision. Practical life decisions. Right? And I would argue that nonism has a better way of finding your purpose. The other thing it's supposed to do is give you uh, moral guidance, right? And, you, you know, when I, when I look at those examples, right, like the, hey, how to treat your slaves, and um, some of the other examples I, I put in the substack, like around uh, this Hindu concept of sati, where a woman was expected to jump on, the, on her funeral pyre, on her husband's funeral pyre, right? Um, we're able to somehow desire, uh, decide that those don't sit right with us. Right. And so my premise is we're actually better at making moral judgments than these uh, divinely inspired scriptures are. In fact, even if you uh, are an adherent of these religions, right, the way you adhere to them is your own moral compass says, when I read these books, this message is moral and righteous. And I know that because my judgment says it does. So I would argue that we're actually better at morality and making moral judgments than, than these books. The, the next thing it's supposed to give you uh, is comfort, you know, and when I, when I look at people I know who have gone through challenging times, they've leaned on their faith and their faith has, has helped them through those times. Right. And, um, I can't argue with that. You know, I can't argue with that. Like, like they got solace from this, so I can't take that away from them. But what that means is that nonism, right, the solution, better have a solution for helping you through life's challenges. Ultimately, right, be, before I uh, finally go on and describe, describe nonism and, and what it all means, um, I point out that I kind of feel like most people who say they believe in these religions, don't really believe in it, right? Because if they did, right, if you believe that, you know, when you pass away, you're going to a life of eternal bliss, right, then funerals, generally speaking, would be really happy occasions. And, you know, there are some cultures, right, where kind of like, they're kind of a bit more celebratory. Yeah, they're more fun. Uh, right? Um, but generally speaking, they're miserable affairs. And right? I don't even know and if those cultures, if it maps onto religions that even believe in the afterlife, right? Or that believe yeah, in yeah. a blissful afterlife. It does seem like the blissful afterlife religions don't really have fun funerals. Um, yeah, that's a good point, right? And so, and I'd also say that, you know, maybe you can make the argument that the people at the funerals who are sad, they accept the fact this person's going on to an eternal life of bliss, but they can't come to terms with the fact that that they're not going to see them for a long time, right? Until they get to join them and that that's what's making them grieve. Yeah. But, but, right, Americans spend four and three quarter trillion dollars per year on anti-aging, 
Right. And that's not just on cosmetic stuff, right? That's on, I'm trying to stay alive as long as that possible. Right. And it feels going to be so great. If I really believe that it's going to be so great when I got there, surely I'd be eating McDonald's three meals a day. But I have an, I have an alternate explanation for that, VJ. It's just, uh, I don't think people believe they've fulfilled their purpose, right? That's why oh, they need oh, to prolong think- their life. They're like, I need to have another go at this so that I can, you know, get into the eternal Wait, the heaven. If you and if you're 94 years old, yeah, right. He needs another couple of days. To he's so close, so close, he's so close to to achieving everything he's supposed to do. I, I believe there are scales involved. There's measurements that need to be taken. Every bit counts, VJ. And would you really want to? Would you really want to leave that up to chance? Getting into heaven. Oh, I mean, you just have that one last thing to do. That's it, dude. You're so close. You're like, you show up, like, you're like, God, I've been at this for 94 years. 94 years. I've been hitting metrics out of the park. And yes, I know. <laughs> there's this one last thing to do. What do you say, God? Let me in. Like, Man, sorry. I have to sorry, boss. believe. Yeah. I have to be God's a reasonable guy or girl, right? And say. I don't know. He's the one advocating for, uh, I mean. you Perfection? In, in the article, you had so many reasons that God is not exactly a reasonable character so i don't know man like i I think they might be onto something uh especially with the uh, american healthcare system Mm -hmm. prolonging longevity could just be i don't know (gasps) what if karen like what if you know like the kind of natural extension of the anti-vax movement is an anti-care movement right you say you guys what you're doing is absolutely sacrilegious yeah by giving this person medicine it's not denying that you're denying yeah. God's will. You're denying their entrance into heaven. Yeah. Right. Unless, unless you can say that these medicines were gifts from God, right? In which case you, but why would God give but you these gifts to the prevent thing. you from coming to see him? Yeah. Okay. And if you, if you think medicines are a gift from God, then the ability to modify genes is a gift from God. And so GMOs don't really, yeah. they're not really a thing. Um, the ability to do anything is then a gift from God, which, you know, maybe it rightfully should be. In which case, we don't okay, have a problem here. No, I think where you end up, in a, where I think you end up in a situation is, imagine a pharmaceutical company comes up with a pill. Yeah. It says, you take this pill, you get to live forever. Should good religious folk take that pill? Oh, probably not. Yeah. They would be, they would be against infinite life. I, I think religious groups are already... It's kind of it's kind of an anti-anti-abortion pill. It's an anti-anti-abortion pill. Wow. Or yeah. it's a very, very late plan B. Let's call it a plan Z drug. <laughs> right, you're basically aborting a very late-term fetus. Right? Actually, no, you're not you're, aborting you're it. You're aborting only if you yeah. don't take it. It's a very complicated yeah. pill, VJ. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're aborting if you don't take it. Uh, you have a religious duty to take this drug from this one pharmaceutical company. See, these are the questions that I'm assuming the Nunite community could help solve. They, yes. And um, thank you for, for bringing us back. Right. <laughs> so, so Kieran, I have good news as a Christian say, I've got something for those of us who fall into the, to the nun camp. I've got this brand new religion and it's called nunism and it's central belief, right? Our central belief as believers right, uh, in nunism, okay. is that humans are the ultimate moral force in the universe. Like ultimately, when we look at any religious text, we have to look at it through our own moral lens to decide 
whether it's the right thing to do or not. Otherwise, how do I decide between one religious text and another? Right? If they're all purporting to be, you know, divinely inspired, right? I have to have some other filter. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's one thing. Right. And then the second thing is like, look, if humans are the ultimate moral force in the universe, force in the universe, I wrote universe, and I think I, you know, kind of want to dial that back a bit and say the moral uh, force in the world. Because the universe is a big place. There could be some other beings out there who are really good at morality, right? And better at it than we are, right? I also think if you ask the universe, the moral compass of the universe is is cold, dark, and quite dangerous, if if you ask me. So most of the universe seems designed to kill all intelligent life. All life, yeah. 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 Most of the universe seems pretty hell-bent on that, so... I, I don't okay. really put much stock on the universe's morality. So you know what? We're going to be a little less uh, bold in our claim. Yeah. And we're only going to claim to be the ultimate moral force in the world yeah. is, okay. is what we're going to claim, right? And because of that, right, when we have a question of morality, we should be able to turn to our fellow humans and ask them for their opinion, right? So, um, for example, like when I have a modern, modern critical question, such as which is the douchiest vehicle to drive, a Tesla, a BMW, or a diesel truck, I should be able to tap into my community of nanites and ask, and we should be able to collectively come up with an answer that we feel good about. That's a tough question. But are we then resolving to, are we back in the same problem as democracy? Are we resolving moral qualms with democracy? Well, so I, I think one of the pleasant things about nonism, right, is what you're getting back is a suggestion, mm. right? Like we're you're not, the ultimate arbiter at the end of the day. Yes, at the end of the day, you're going to do what you're going to do. This thing is giving you its opinion, right? And you get to decide whether you're bought in to that opinion or not. And if you choose not to follow that guidance, right, then um, who cares? You're still on the team. Do you think we should have a status game within the Nanite community, like people who follow the suggestions versus the the people who don't? I'm thinking a tiered leaderboard, Vijay. Like, I want to know Whoa. who the good Nanites are. Oh, you want to know who the best Nanites are? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And that's how fights start and wars start and schisms start. We could gamify right? this thing. I, right? I don't think the, you're thinking... That's how you end up with the Orthodox Nanite community <laughs> and the... <laughs> you know, whatever the opposite of orthodox is, unorthodox. No, we, get, we get the protest, the Protestants. The, uh, the Protestants, yeah, Protestants. yeah, yeah. Yes, you get the Protestants yeah. and you get the strict, the Roman Catholics of the Nunites. The Roman Catholics of yeah. Nunites, yeah. We're like the, the, yeah, the super flamboyant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's part of the growth strategy, VJ. We haven't, we haven't even had a chance to talk about how we expect to convert the masses. Right, we said that, you know, we're going to rely on the community. The community is going to help us make decisions that help guide our lives. And, and we're going to rely on the community to help us find our purpose in our lives. And we're going to turn to the community for comfort. So how do I do this? Well, the answer is obvious to, to folks like her and I. Uh, we need an app, right? And this app is going to allow you to ask questions uh, of your fellow nanites, right? And your fellow nanites are going to come back to you um, with a response, right? And, you know, it'll be a set of responses and you'll look over those and you'll decide what's what's right for you, right? And that's the moral compass facet of it, which, to be honest, 
you don't need to check in with every day. Like it's not every day you've got to ask this Tesla versus BMW versus diesel truck question, right? But generally, but you know it's there, right? If you're having a moral dilemma, you know you've got somewhere you can turn to. But I think more importantly, right, is this notion of having this community checker, like in your time of pain, right? So think of this as being like Facebook, but useful, right? Facebook's job is to make you feel worse about yourself, right? And make you feel like the rest of the world has a better life than you, right? But with a community checker, right, this is a place where you go, right? And you say, look, I'm hurting right now. And your fellow nanites, they're going to be there for you. And they're going to try and help you feel better, right? And I think that's that's a nice thing. Right, so now let me get a little bit more into the practicalities, right? So this is going to be an app, right? And uh, we're going to need money, right? But the nice thing is, right, you know, with, you know, well-organized religions, right, you've got some tithing going on, and that's pretty expensive, right? And they've got a lot of overheads as well, right? There's a lot of bricks mm-hmm. and mortar. There are, you know, private jets that have to be bought, right? And, you know, expensive suits and things like that. And we're not going to have any of that, right? We're just looking for enough money right from the nanite community to to be put in collectively that allows us to keep and support this app right so we'll have a monthly subscription fee it'll be a very modest fee right uh, that we'll use to to maintain this app now because it's an app right it's going to need people to maintain the app right and so that's where your money's going and those people are going to need organization so there's going to be a person who's going to be responsible for maintaining the app, right? Now, this person doesn't have any kind of religious authority over anybody. Their job is just to keep the darn thing running, right? And so this person um, will also represent us uh, at uh, religious functions. Uh, And if you look uh, at the Substack article, you know, we want our, our person to feel as cool as, you know, any religious leader, so we've really dressed them up nicely. So please uh, check out the Substack and you'll see how cool our person looks. And this person's going to have a title too, right? So, um, you know, Catholics have their popes. Muslims have imams, right? Um, so we're going to have a chief nunite. And the chief nunite uh, is going to have a title. And that title is Chonite. Right, so the chief nonite. I just is thought of something. Chonite. Are you tied to this name, Vijay, the Chonite? No, I'm not. It, it, I was thinking if the Catholics have the Pope, then the nonite yes. should have the nope. Have the nope? Oh, that's beautiful. Branding. That's Branding. beautiful. I the love nope. it. Oh, the nope is brilliant. It's brilliant. I love it. So we have a nope, right? <laughs> and and uh, the nope because. You know, one of the problems, you put these people in any kind of authority and next thing you know, bad things happen, abuses happen, right? And what we will do is this person is only there for a seven-year term, then they're gone. Then we, the non-knights, vote in a new nope, right? And um, that way uh, we don't let any one person take too much control, right? So the subscriptions to uh, support the app, and as far as power and politics, you know, like one of the complaints from that uh, Pew Research article was that uh, uh, religions get too, way too involved in power and politics. Yeah. And for us, we're just going to stay out. Now, as a nunite, you could pose a political question, I guess, like on the nunite app and as a community, we could decide 
you know, whether we have a position or not. And we can share that position broadly with the rest of society. And if you're politicians, you can choose to listen to us or not listen to us. Now, I, I would say that, you know, when we reach our kind of 1.2 billion or so followers, right, if we have a strong opinion on something, they'd probably be foolish to ignore us, right? Uh, so it would be a good signal for them, right? But we're never going to take any money from from our Nanite subscription part and, and hand it to politicians to to uh, carry out our will. So that's, that's, that's the idea. Oh, man. I, I see a lot of, dare I say, synergy between the the Nanite religion and the digital, the Patra Voter 3000. I think we could blend them together. We, I think we can make a nation state religion. <gasps> a nation state religion. That's right. A religion wow, so for the we, 21st century that powers a nation. Cause you know, you all, get the, all the things that you need. Yeah. Right. We could. Yeah. I love it. Right. So we do this nation state that's kind of built on the Patri Voter. We could have a flag. We could have a state Be religion. Nice. Like we could be yeah. like one of those religious fundamentalists, but oh, the religion yeah. is nonite, nonism. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, once there's 1.2 billion of us, if we all say, "Hey, let's move," you know, over there, wherever there is, I we guess we're taking over. A over. Continent, dude. Like, we're, yeah, we're yeah, talking we really about could. a full. Uh, forget a country. We could have a whole uh, union of countries. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I just I feel like we could bring in people from you know all over the political spectrum as well, right? Like you know, kind of like if you're super libertarian. Yeah, this appeals a lot to libertarians. It appeals a lot. Yeah. I I do think it it should appeal to uh, liberals in general. Here's what I think, right? Um, I put my product manager hat on again, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, and you know, like when we write out a set of requirements there comes a point where there's too many of them you're like, and you're like, this is never going to happen. It's too complex. Right. Sometimes we talk about like complexity, right. And we say like, there are too many parts to this thing. And because of that, it's just never going to happen. Right. And generally speaking, I think those are good rules to uh, live by, mm -hmm. except do you feel like in most podcasts, we talk about Tesla. Every, every podcast needs to have a okay. Tesla reference. I... Today, right, I'm going to be kind of positive about Tesla. One of the amazing things that Elon Musk did that I can't imagine any other tech CEO doing was saying, I'm going to go build this car, this car that uses novel propulsion system. In addition to that, I'm going to go build a supercharger network that supports that car as well. I'm doing both of these incredibly difficult things mm -hmm. at the same time. You know, the results have been, you know, very, very good for, for uh, Tesla. So on the one hand, kind of my instinct is, uh, is to say I would just focus on nanites, get nanites working, yeah, right? And then organically, right, once we cross a few hundred million barrier, right, then yeah. we're kind of viable, right? Like we could have a, a nanite caliphate. Uh, Ooh, that's kind of cool. Right, a nanophate. A you know, the problem with the nanite caliphate is you've got to be motivated to go fight for this thing. Yeah. Our, our right? beliefs and are too loose to be able to fight they're for They're just it. too chilled out, right? Like, yeah. This is where the schisms come in, Vijay, like we were talking uh, about earlier. Like we need to create uh, some schisms. There might be a nope. The nope's son might 
take over who knows yeah 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 on on their deathbed but see that's the thing right so maybe what happens is organically like one of the voices like can you can imagine like one of the nanites makes a comment and gets two million likes of it and generally that person becomes like a an apostle of the nanites yeah and then all kinds of hell breaks loose right because you have follows the different nanite apostles and there come your schisms a slew of nanite apps all with different different populations are we right back where we started did we just did we just invent yet well, another they, religion another group of religions even worse yeah right. yet another yeah. group of religions right who all, nice. f- who all fight that what they have they would have this core belief right like which is humans can decide for themselves but i think what happens is they have like their own unique cultures yeah right and their own set of kind of moral beliefs but because of the extensible architecture that we've given them even their own moral beliefs like evolve evolve over time and maybe there's a great merger at some point Oh man, I, yeah. it's exciting times, especially if we did all this with the blockchain, who knows? Yeah, we just, yeah, there's no argument with blockchain. If we say blockchain and chat GPT blockchain, somehow. We... I was thinking AI too. Yeah, like obviously. Just, obviously. Instant, just blockchain and AI this up. I think you have a religion. You know what? I think it's time could... for us to build a pitch deck. We got to build pitch a pitch deck. deck. We got to get the VCs involved, of course. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's how Jesus would have done it. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. I mean, I guess as as the Chanite, yeah. I'm I'm the nope. The nope. Right? I'm the nope. I'm not the Chanite. The first nope. as the nope, I'd probably have to go to uh, to Silicon Valley to go get to go get us some money. Um, A couple million dollars should suffice yeah. at least for V1, especially since, uh, as you detailed, purpose would be a fast follow update. So. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, a lot of work to do. I was a bit worried about uh, that one, but I I think we can hit the first two items on the roadmap. A-OK. Oh, my gosh. Maybe the Nope needs some uh, Nardinals to help help execute. It's a lot of work to do. It's a lot of work, man. (laughs) You know, it's a lot of work. So, so, Karen, like, kind of my uh, closing question to you is, will you join me in my newfound faith of... Nonism. Absolutely. I, I will be your first, be the first follower, uh, provided you get the required funding and we. <laughs> okay, okay, some funding. Some <laughs> funding issue, VJ. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, raising money in this environment, not so straightforward. It's, it's not that Although... easy in 2023, early 2023, a lot of venture, but this might be the best time to build, is what I'm, I keep hearing. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent on the street, there right? Is. So we could bring them in, right? So, <laughs> oh yeah, all right. Bring them in well, to start a new religion. Yeah. So look, for any of our uh, listeners out there who are ready to jump on board with some angel funding, you know, uh, we are uh, happy to uh, welcome you to the faith. Um, we offer generous <laughs> sweat equity packages as well. Oh yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Get access to. The, nope. the app the nope himself the yes himself. yeah and yeah i mean how fortunate are you right so um it's so not yeah, every day yeah, you, we, you get to chat with a leader of a religion and uh that's right today I, I do feel very fortunate for having done so yeah i feel like Karen, like we should just have some rituals just for fun <laughs> right like you know like instead of like uh instead of like a tilik right yeah. we do like a smiley face 
be kind of nice. Yeah. Right, that could be our little thing, right? So our followers are all walking around with these little <laughs> smiley faces on there. Can I just ask that the, the Nardinals don't... I'm, I'm assuming I get, I get a Nardinal position, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Absolutely. I just ask that Nardinals don't don't have to follow that particular ritual. Well, listen, you know, here's the best thing about, about being a Nardinal. You don't have to do any of it. Yeah, that's true. And you still get to claim it, right? So, you know, you could send us, like, donations right that'd be nice right um you know i, I think there's a lot that, that the other religions can learn from this new one uh from it from the newest religion i, I think they're going to be so envious right you can imagine like um when we talk about our flexibility and our ability to to change and evolve and they're all tearing their hair out over abortion and gay rights and things like that yep Right, and they're like, "Gosh, if only we had a way, right, to, to change our minds, you know." And we're gonna be like, "See, we got this, we got this." So, Kira, I, I think uh, we've launched the religion. That's probably enough for one for one podcast, don't you think? I think so, and uh, I think we we've figured out our growth strategy right here through the One Weird Thought Collective. So, yes, yes, we have. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Thank you.